Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I've had my fair share of battles with, with every guy in the locker room, so they know exactly what I bring. I just have to bring that. Uh, I think the conversations that I've had with the guys is just be you. And I think that's a, that's one of the best um, conversations you can have with a, a new teammate is just not try to change too much, just be you and blend into what we got to do, learn our concepts, learn our terminology, and just be you. And I think that's a great um, gesture from uh, just the organization as a whole. Just continue to come in here and just be you and uh, just try to add on to what I said is already a great team. That's Jay Crowder of the Milwaukee Bucks talking uh, at his first practice. It was made- can't spell Bucks without be you. As he said over and over again. Oh, I got it. It took me a second. But yes, you are correct, Jared. <laughs> you can't spell it without BU. The Milwaukee Bucks are streaking right now. They're 39-17. and 17. They've won 10 in a row. It's the longest active streak, uh, winning streak in the NBA. But Jay Crowder's not going to play until after the All-Star break either. Uh, he talked about a number of subjects. He talked about turning down offers for, uh, to work out with college teams because he was afraid if he had a minor setback injury-wise, it would set him back. But that's not the juicy stuff. The juicy stuff is about his exit with the uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, and he was asked about it very early in his press availability yesterday, Bick, uh, and here he is kind of opening up uh, for the first time, at least verbally, in, in any way, on the Suns situation. I just feel like it's behind me now. Um, uh, we have some, some stuff happened internally. Um, that they asked me to keep in, inside, so I'm gonna grant their wishes. Obviously, I've been working with these guys for a trade partner uh, for months now. I think, um, give or take, they did exactly what they said they was gonna do. Um, it took longer than what we all expected, but um, it got done. So, I'm thankful for my time in Phoenix. I'm thankful for my teammates. Um, I'm thankful for uh, the organization embracing me uh, the past two years. Oh, we had a great run. Okay, we did some great things in Phoenix, and we uh, turned turned that culture around. So, I'm happy for those guys. I'm, uh, I wish them luck moving forward, uh, but I'm, I'm moving on to my next chapter in my career, and that's here with Milwaukee. There's stuff to hit on there, mm-hmm. but also the timing of all of it. When we got when we got wind of this for the first time really in September, mm-hmm. right before the Suns were getting ready to report to training camp, and the, the, the Suns side of it came out and said, yeah, Jay Crowder's not going to be with the team. Jay Crowder had that tweet, I won't be there. I think he responded to a reporter's tweet about training camp and said, I won't be there. And that's when, that's when we learned of it. But Jay Crowder kind of clarified the timing of when everything went down. Oh, no, we, we had talks. We had talked well before that. Um, it went out publicly probably a month or two after. We had internal talks probably around July. I think we, we set the standard straight of what, what, what we want to do moving forward both sides and um, it was a business decision from both from both sides and I can um, honestly say that so um, like I said it, it, it drug out longer than what I wanted and uh, longer than what they wanted obviously um, but it got done so I'm moving forward alright that's the part that still puzzles me Vic alright uh, we still haven't gotten to the part that I want to hear the most do, do, do we have the part where he talks about the sons and I made an agreement to keep this that was in the first that went by me the he first said time. Okay. they wanted to keep it uh, in, okay. internal and I'll right. grant their wishes okay yeah. alright so yeah, so it's going to stay shrouded in a mystery, and that's um, that's a that that's a professional thing Jay Crowder did to honor that agreement. But I, what he did there is he confirmed for everybody that a that a seismic incident happened to this basketball team that they're all keeping secret, that mm-hmm. they're sitting on, that the rest of us may never know what happened to the demise of those Phoenix Suns. It's We've internal. Guessed We've guessed. We know some incidents. It still doesn't add up to the whole picture. 
still doesn't explain what we saw in Game 7, but the, something happened so bad that both parties agreed to never speak of this again. And in return for that, we don't want you around, Jay, but in return for that, we're going to pay you all the same. It's one of the strangest situations I can remember. And that last soundbite we played where Jay Crowder says, yeah, it was probably around July where we had these internal discussions between his camp and the son's camp. So you went from July to September, two months without addressing the issue. And then when it couldn't be addressed, that's when you got the, hey, go stay home, go away. But July to February uh-huh. to deal with a player? Uh-huh. I, I mean, I think there's uh, failure uh-huh. all there's failure all around. Now, yes, but at the end of it all, the Phoenix Suns ended up with Kevin Durant. And if it's enough to win a championship, then no one is going to quibble at all with any of their strategies. Yes, but and I know the Suns, and I wanted them to, to have a separate deal for Jay Crowder to try to get another piece. He got thrown into the Durant deal. Had this been addressed earlier, Bick... I don't think it's a deal breaker with the Nets at the trade deadline to get Kevin Durant. I think it probably would have been Dario Saric who would have been thrown into the mix and maybe the Nets could have spun him off into another deal. He ended up in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, whatever. And what did but, the Bucks end up giving the Nets again for Jay Crowder? Uh, four second round four picks. Four seconds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, Jay Crowder fits uh, in Milwaukee. He's going to be a good piece for them. They've been eyeing him for quite some time. Um, I, I think it's okay to close the book on this now because, like I said, the, the Suns now are in a position where they're not worse for wear. Not at the moment, not if Kevin Durant stays healthy and if everything kind of stays cool going forward. But that to me, that to me, someday somebody is going to unlock that story. And I hope I'm around to read it. After the trade deadline, the Milwaukee Bucks make their visit to Phoenix. That is going to be a very interesting night at Footprint Center. Mm -hmm. Because I know know a lot of Suns fans who still have a lot of love for Jay Crowder. Mm -hmm. And they should, Mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. There's a lot of Suns fans who are completely disgusted with the whole situation, especially the way Jay Crowder handled himself uh, on on social media. I, I get that yeah. too, but, but the Suns also told him to stay away. Yes, I, but oh man. So I mean, everyone's hating on Jay Crowder in this, but the Suns are the ones that said stay away. Yes, and I know I've I've been critical of Jay Crowder, but I've said it from the beginning. I don't understand the stance from either side because yeah, we same. don't know what went down. Exactly. Exactly, but it it seems to me just weird that everyone's assuming it's his fault. That's what's interesting to me. Whatever, it it, it really doesn't matter now. The Suns are in a great place um, in terms of their championship hopes. Just look at their odds. Yeah, I, I'm looking at all these power rankings uh-huh. now too. Kevin Durant hasn't even fully put a uniform on yet for anything other than a video shoot. I'm pretty sure the Suns are like number three in power rankings now, mm-hmm. behind Boston and Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sight unseen. I, I'm going to have to see it to believe it, to think they're the best team in the West. I don't think by any chance this is going to be easy. But just the fact that they are acknowledged as the team again, because this is where they were at this time last year. Much different feel, but this is exactly where they were at this time last year. Mm-hmm. But this time last year might have been when this was all beginning to break apart, because this is when DA was starting to get shopped last year unbeknownst to a lot of us. 
<laughs> including DA. But again, it's. It, it, I think in the summertime, there was all this excitement about Kevin Durant. People were wishing it would happen. When it didn't happen, I think a lot of us convinced ourselves it was better this way. The season began, and it wasn't better that way. Mm-hmm. It was starting to get better, but it wasn't better at the beginning. And and I'll I'll take where we're at right now. Thank you very much. Yeah, and about that Western pecking order too. Looking at the remainder of the schedule, the Suns still do have two home games against Denver on March 31st, and another one on April 6th. They've got two home games against the Clippers, uh, one on Thursday, and then one in the last game of the year on April 9th. You never know what you're going to get in that last game of the year, but it might be different this year. Other than that, I mean, I don't. <laughs> All due respect to the Sacramento Kings are in town. I don't consider them much of an impediment to the Suns right now. No, me neither. So I, I think that's four games left against real competitive, contending teams in mm-hmm. the Western Conference the rest of the way. Now they got some games. Uh, Dallas, I'm sorry. They got a game in, in Dallas on Sunday, March 5th. I'll throw the Mavericks That'll be in a good mix. game. Yeah. Although they're 0 2. kind of you. They're 0 2 with Luka <laughs> yeah. and Kyrie now. <laughs> yeah. I watched part of that game last night, Vic. Uh-huh. Minnesota was killing Dallas. Kyrie Irving went nutty, and not his normal kind of nutty. I'm talking about basketball As nutty. In 26 points in the fourth. 26 quarter, points nutty. in the fourth yeah. quarter. One shot for Luka Doncic in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They nearly came back and won it. Uh-huh. But some of the highlights, some of the moves that Kyrie Irving was putting on defenders, mm-hmm. it wasn't fair. It's a reason why he keeps getting jobs. This guy, despite being, as you said, nutty off the court, because of the talent, and yeah. when he decides to play, he's unguardable. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota, by the way, made 17 three-point shots in the first quarter last night of that game. First quarter? First quarter. Go look it up. Unless I read that wrong. 17 threes in the first quarter. That would be, that would shatter no, the record. No, that, first, okay, I got that wrong. First I think half? that's Portland that did it last night. I read this somewhere, that I swear to God, I swear to God. I mean, the record for a game is 25, I think. I did not dream first this. First half, maybe? First half, maybe? There's, there's no. that'd be 51 points. No. 17 yes. three-pointers. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Fit. Yeah, okay. All right. Maybe I... Re- okay. I'd, uh, again, maybe I should not speak before I know things to be a fact. <laughs> but I swear I read that. Yeah, you're acting like me now, Dan. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, de- I, definitely don't do I that. I often start talking, and by the end of the sentence, I realize I don't know what I'm talking about. Coming up next, oh, yeah. uh, Super Bowl <laughs> is move. over. It's officially the offseason uh, for all 32 NFL teams. There could be some quarterbacks on the move. And very soon, we'll get into some NFL hash marks next. And coaching news. And coaching news, too. <laughs> You're on the clock, Arizona. Uh, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader, Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. The focus now shifts to both Eagles coordinators. We'll start with Jonathan Gannon, the respected defensive coordinator. He stayed in Arizona to interview with Michael Bidwell, Monty Asifor, the Arizona Cardinals brass. A key interview for their head coach position, someone they really had wanted to speak with over the last seven weeks, but didn't uh, request him the first time, so were not able to do it until he finished with the Super Bowl. That is happening today. I would say that is a key interview for them. Meanwhile, Shane Steichen, the respected offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, he is now in Indianapolis hoping to finalize his deal to become the Colts' new head coach. That was uh, Ian Rappaport yesterday, and that is now final. The Colts tweeted out this morning, Bick, we got our guy. 
Shane Steichen is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. It ends the Jeff Saturday dream. I guess he's going back to ESPN, uh, as Robert Griffin III joked about the other day. Uh, So the Cardinals are the lone team right now that has not named their head coach of the five teams that were looking for a coach this offseason. Yeah, it's a very Michael Bidwillian thing, isn't it? It is. And now, so the focus goes on Jonathan Gannon and Lou Anarumo, which yeah, 37 days ago, Bick, when this started, I, if you would have told me, A, that it would take this long, or mm. B, that the final two guys standing would both be de- defensive coordinators mm. with not a ton of D.C. experience in the NFL... I would have told you you were nuts, but here we are. When everything was about, you know, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, got to get the right guy for Kyler Murray. Now, it can be the right guy in the form of the right offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. I get it. But I fully believed that the Cardinals were going to go offense yeah. with, with this head coaching uh, hire. And again, this is this to me, the uh, two pronged elements to this coaching search. And they've got to they've got to nail both. And that would be you need a leader and you need somebody who can lift up Kyler Murray. So the leader isn't necessarily an offensive visionary, but the last is going to be needed on some level to get because keep in mind now they're not going to be running Cliff Kingsbury's offense thank goodness for that <laughs> uh, so there's going to be a new install happening here there's going to be a new offense here and that new offense I would hope is going to be custom made to Kyler Murray's skills and his comfort level and all that kind of stuff so who is that guy who's putting that together but a question off of that how much of Cliff Kingsbury's offense especially in year four over the course of time together, how much of that offense do you think was custom fit to Kyler Murray's specifications? I think a lot of it was. Uh, I th- I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was custom fit to his specifications. I think it was custom fit to plays he liked running and that he had run in college. Things that he w- were comfortable with, not necessarily concepts that he needs to adopt in the NFL. These were plays that he had already run in college. Yes. Through spread offenses, four wide receiver sets, all that. So stuff. even with a new offensive mind, whoever that is, whoever's going to be doing this no. offensive install, you still think that's important to say, "Hey, Kyler, what do you like to do?" Or do you think it's no. more important? That, yeah, no, I, I agree with I, no, that. No, I don't think it's. I, I don't think you do that at all. I yeah. think. What, I think the time to ask a quarterback what do you like is near the end of a week's preparation. When you get into Friday after Thursday's practice, you sit down with your quarterback and you say, "Okay, we got to install this game plan here. We got to figure out what plays are hot. What we're going to run on Sunday, what do you like? What makes sense to you? What do you see? When we spit out the verbiage, what play crystallizes? In you? And then you get that list, and then you you give that credence. But you don't design the, uh, you know, that's somebody that's somebody other than Kyler. That's going to be somebody who can tell Kyler, get under center. Now. Yeah. And Stop that- lollygagging! Get under center, Murray! <laughs> what are you doing, one? We'll see how much yeah. that happens. No, yeah, no, we're gonna. I um, mean, it's, it's... So, yeah. And again, if, and if they don't do this stuff, they're just not being serious. I agree with that. And look, you've had four years of of Kyler dictating what he liked and what he wanted to do and what he wouldn't do, apparently, in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. He's got this massive contract, but mm-hmm. you can't afford five more years of that, of him calling the shots. Uh, and if you do it the other way, where the coach comes in and dictates to Kyler Murray, this is what you are going to do, get comfortable with it. If it fails, fail quick. Mm-hmm. Fail quick and move off. 
Yeah. Okay. Yes. And and so so there's all of that, and and I think that that's what we're looking for here. And and I'm curious now exactly. Hopefully, Monty Austin Ford sees those same issues, mm-hmm. and hopefully, which is why to me, when you look at the candidates they have right now, that this might be why they're they're hitting reset because you might get the leader you want, Lou Anarumo, but what is that going to do for you you offensively? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the league, uh, the Raiders making a Raiders. move. They tried to, uh, they, they allowed Derek Carr to shop around for a trade. He said, nope. So here's what they're doing. Right before the Super Bowl, sources said Derek Carr informed the Raiders that he would not accept a trade to the New Orleans Saints, and the two teams had essentially worked out the framework of a deal. Could have been done had Derek Carr given his okay, but he wasn't going to accept a trade anywhere. His fully guaranteed money, $40 million, becomes guaranteed tomorrow at 4 p.m. Because he is not going to accept a trade, I'm told the Raiders are going to release him tomorrow. He will no longer be the Raiders quarterback. They will simply move on, get out from under the money, and plot their new path forward with a new quarterback. And then Derek Carr will instantly become the top free agent available. Unlike most free agents who have to wait until mid-March, he could sign now among the teams expected to be interested. Still the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, the Titans, and some others. And And the Buccaneers. Where does more likable Kirk Cousins end up? That is the question. Isn't Kirk Cousins likable? Or do people not like him? I'm only speaking for myself. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't uh, want to yeah, speak I, for everybody. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think actually you're probably very accurate in that. He, Derek Carr probably is more likable than Kirk Cousins. You look at the numbers at the end of the year and like, wow, those look good. Wow. Well, we got ourselves a quarterback. Seven no, and don't. ten again. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think that, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, that was a smart play for him. He basically is going to be the first big quarterback domino now this year. Yes, definitely. Because mm-hmm. I like Ian Rappaport well, said in that report, he doesn't have to wait until the beginning of the league year. He could sign somewhere today. And then, and then the big issue, and I know Jared cannot wait for this. When Aaron Rodgers comes back center stage, when he gets out of his darkness retreat, we're what, day two today? No, I don't think he's in it yet because I, I, I think I saw Pat McAfee is doing his weekly interview with him today, and then tomorrow he's going into the darkness hut. Okay. All right. Oh, because so, the reports were that he he entered his yeah. four-day retreat oh, he entered uh, it. yesterday. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Double-check that. Yeah, because yeah, so, so to me, when he comes out of that, he might have some crystallization on where he wants to continue. His- but when Aaron Rodgers comes out of the darkness and he sees his shadow, what happens? <laughs> what is Hopefully, that, what is he that underground for another six months. Yeah. Six more weeks of yeah. BS. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what it means. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, Peter King wrote in uh, his uh, Football Morning in America column, quote, there was eyebrow raising among a few league or team people I brought this up with. The reaction being, I could see why the Packers would consider trading him. Seems like a good person, but he might be more trouble than he's worth. <laughs> Well, again, I, I think you have to look at situations, and I I think the Jets doesn't the Jet, doesn't the Jets feel about right for Aaron Rodgers? It does. It you can certainly connect the dots there without a doubt. Uh-huh. Um, Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's not a fair question because Lamar is much younger. He's much younger, different type of quarterback, mm-hmm. and you know you're getting Rodgers for a year or two, maybe. Yeah. You know, the Jets going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers next year? Highly unlikely. 
probably make the playoffs. Probably make the playoffs. Well, they almost made the playoffs this year. That that whole uh, you know maze is still running through Kansas City and Cincinnati for the foreseeable future and Buffalo. Uh, my favorite uh, <laughs> my favorite Super Bowl tweet. I had to, I have to read this because it's Aaron Rodgers related. I don't even know who this guy is, but it made the rounds. Mahomes out here about to win his second ring on a bad ankle, and my quarterback is in a cabin with no power somewhere smoking crack. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. You know what? Maybe we can get into this later. I, I, I thought about this last night when I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. This whole Zach Wilson thing, how is it that the Jets missed out on his personality Maybe in the same way the Cardinals missed out on Kyler Murray's personality, even though everybody was warning them. How does that happen? With all the R&D and the amount of um, research that goes into these guys, how do you miss on that component? It's an inexact science, to be sure, but they missed on two fronts. They missed on the personality. Oh, and he can't play either. (laughs) At least Kyler's pretty good. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Jared Carlin takes us through the big stories of the day. no. With a Rush Hour reboot. Stick around for this. What could possibly go wrong? Stick around for this, folks. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. All right, we're back. It's me again. More me. Terrific. Wonderful. What a Valentine's Day gift. And we are here at the Rush Hour Reboot. (laughs) Well, we will go over the... Top stories of the day, and Bickley Murata will react to it. And we will start with the Phoenix Suns, who return to the court tonight. And the new trade piece, T.J. Warren expected to play tonight. Once drafted by the Suns, traded away. Was he traded away? I guess he was traded away. He was years traded ago. away. Yeah, but he is back for cash consideration. Yeah, yes. basically given away. Is yeah, what I it remember was. that. You it remember was sort that? of. Yeah, and then well, he went to Indiana and just lit it up for about two weeks. Yes. Didn't he have a great run in the bubble, too? He did have a great bubble run. Yes. Uh, So T.J. Warren, uh, with his first media availability yesterday, talked about what it's like being back in Phoenix. Oh, man, this is definitely the eye-opener. Welcome to the facility. It was uh, a great feeling, man. It feels good to be back. Um, Just to see everything around is just surreal, man. It's it's a great feeling, for sure. Now, we haven't talked a lot about T.J. Warren, obviously, because of the Kevin Durant piece of the acquisition overshadowing it. But how big a, a piece do you think T.J. Warren will be going forward? How important will he be for the rest of the season and into the playoffs? I know a lot of Suns fans on social media are like everybody's sleeping on T.J. Warren, and I think that's the case. He missed two full years with an injury. He's just coming back. I think he can be a valuable piece. Now, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but we've talked, you know, before this trade went down, Bick, we talked about the Suns needing guys who can come in off the bench and be reliable offensive threats. T.J. Warren can score. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Well, can he stay healthy? I that, remember, I remember the there was a time when, when, when there was some Anthony Davis stuff happening there that caused some people in the media, some people in this room, a little consternation about his availability. 
DJ Warren. Are you th- pointing at me? No, I, I, I think it was both of us, to be honest yeah. with you. Heel T- soreness or something? That's was what it was. It was, it was yeah. It, For about three months? I think TJ Warren brings something to the bench that they need, a, a, yeah. a legitimate scorer. A guy that can, I think I think he can give you some buckets in a, in a playoff game. In six games in the bubble, by the way, he averaged 31 points per game. What? For the Pacers. <laughs> what? Yes. He had a Tony f- Buckets. He had a 53-point game in the first, first bubble game against Philadelphia. He was one of the breakout stars of the bubble. He was. With Booker, with Donovan Mitchell. And then after that season, he, he got hurt and he, he didn't play much after that. Um, you know what else was noticeable yesterday? In his media availability at the practice facility, he was he was all smiles. He was joking around. He was never the most... Uh, I don't know. Fun. He didn't. He didn't come off as the most fun-loving guy yeah. in his first stint in, in Phoenix. So uh, maybe an appreciation appreciation of being back. I don't know. He's got a pretty good chance to compete for a title. That's going to mean something. It's crazy. You would hope so. Years ago, if you remember, when James Jones came in, they were overloaded with wings, and he chose Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, and chose to get rid of Josh Jackson and T.J. Warren. And now we're sort of, I hope they don't reacquire Josh Jackson. Well, I was just thinking that in the bubble, it was the first time the Suns had looked incompetent in about 10 years. Vinny and I were so geeking out on it. We were like meeting for lunch to watch games. We weren't even supposed to be in public. Right. That's right. (laughs) I was going to say, this was like a few months into the pandemic also. And like anything joyous and sports related was was, so interesting and unique and fun. But more to a point, it was like the Suns were actually playing instrumental individual games and we hadn't had that for a decade. Yep. That's true. Do you remember that day? We were dorking out on it. Do you remember that day live on air when we found out DeAndre Ayton missed his COVID test? Yes. uh, Oh, I do. Oh, I remember They held him out from the start of the game. Yeah, and and he's over there riding an exercise bike. And they're like, oh my. And they they dropped down like 20 points in the first quarter. They're they're jeopardized. He jeopardized their bubble perfection. He did. He did, but but again, you can make fun of it. That 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 bubble that that's part of in that's in the Suns' lore, man. Oh yeah, that, Monty that, Williams milked that bad boy. That was the turning point. All right, uh, let's go to the Cardinals, who uh, yesterday interviewed Jonathan Gannon, reportedly the Eagles' defensive coordinator. It is now down to Jonathan Gannon and oh, Abrumo, right. <laughs> I'll just ask you a simple question. Will, mm-hmm. in your opinion, 100%, is it going to be one of these two coaches? I can't Do you think there's that. a chance that someone else could still come in? Yes. Eric Bieniemy or somebody out there? I think there's a chance. Yeah, I think there's a chance, too. We were told two I, different I finalists Listen, last week. I, I think there's a chance, too. I really do. I mean, if if Lou, either way, if you were to hire any of the candidates now, you'd say, why, why the wait? If they were, I mean. Yeah, Lou's interviewed twice now, right? And they still haven't named him. Second time was via Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Speaking of 2020. Lou and Azumo. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, Lou and <laughs> He's got the Zoomies. Did you just think that up on the fly, Vinny? Very nice. Sure. Uh, All right. Uh, a lot of a talking point 
still, a couple days after the Super Bowl, is the Cardinals field. This was Mike Friend, a part of a rant. No, it wasn't yesterday. the Cardinals field. We have to we have to verify that. It, it was no. the field. It was the field in their stadium. In the Cardinals home that was grown stadium. elsewhere. I, uh, I was I was sent a very interesting story from the Washington Post that most people who deal with grass. Now I'm not talking about Tommy Chong or Cheech Marin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, people who deal with grass go. You know what they did here? They must have overseeded this with some rye just to make it look good. At the at, which made it waxy and slippery because yeah. they were going for the big, you know, the, yeah, the big sh- green field, the lush. I think yes, I saw the same thing. They yes. wanted it to be shiny looking and bright. Yeah. Yes. Well, Mike Francesa, this is a part of a rant he had on the Cardinals field. I mean, that was a folly. This is the Super Bowl. You spend a fortune on the game. And you're going to have a field like that on grass that's never been tested before? And you developed this grass just to put it in for the Super Bowl and have that happen? you got to be kidding me. The NFL should be embarrassed. With uh, the field issues, with Las Vegas and L.A. now fully in the rotation, do you have any fear that Arizona will fall out of the rotation for Super Bowls, or at least as frequently? Um... No, I don't. Uh, listen, I, I think they are in a once-a-decade kind of deal, as it is right now. And and it, it might it might be a while before they get another one. There's, like we've said, there's new stadiums in L.A. They want to go back to L.A. They love the L.A. Super Bowl. They The Vegas is next. Yes. There's going to be new stadiums. Yeah, I, th- I think they've had their run of, of Arizona. For but them. I don't think they fall completely out of the rotation. I think that rotation now, gets longer, maybe 10 to 12 years. But yeah, I still think... I think you're right. The, the, it, it's a lot of... Uh, is about the week and how they host, and they do a fantastic job yeah, they of, did. of hosting. They did. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not that fearful of it. But uh, we, I I was able to Peter. get I was able to get audio of them talking about the grass as they were developing it. This is a hybrid. This is a cross uh, a bluegrass Kentucky bluegrass uh, featherbed bench <laughs> and uh, Northern California sensimia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't it. work. It, lo- it looked good. The field looked beautiful. Did anybody, uh, Ferret, you didn't even tell us about the Caddyshack commercials. Were they worth Oh, I actually was going to jump in earlier when you were doing the voice, but I didn't want to cut you guys off. No, they were not good at all. Really? I, I, heard, really, I heard otherwise. I, I thought they were really disappointing, not that well done, and not that funny. There was two of them. See, the one I went back and watched online was the extended remix version. It was like two minutes and 39 seconds. So they were able to well, do a lot, a lot yeah. more. This was, I mean, yeah. each of the ones they aired were only 30 seconds. Yeah. One of them had, what's his name, from Succession and Serena Williams. Yeah, Brian Cox was uh, from Succession was playing like the Judge Smales. Serena Williams was like Ty Webb. Michael O'Keefe was in it. Oh, okay. Newton! Newton! He was in it. I know. I, I didn't. And Tony think, Romo as Carl Spack. I didn't think they went. No, Lacey Underall with her certain. No, there was. Zest uh, for living. That was Alex Morgan, the soccer player. Yeah, was was Lacey. I didn't Underall. think they went over the top enough to sort of imitate the people they were supposed to be, like to make it funny enough. All right, that was my opinion. Okay, right. comedy critic Jared Carlin has spoken. Well, I, I actually, I I think Jared, I think you would have potential as a television critic. Mm, thank you. You want another career, Jarrett? <laughs> you know what I you're like? Saying, you're saying quit my day job is what you're trying right. to say. Nick, right. you, I've got some people. I'll hook you up, Jarrett. You've heard the phrase, uh, dance like nobody's watching? Yeah. You know what I love about Jarrett when he fills in for Sarah? He dances. He, he does updates like nobody's listening. 
It's like just a little kid in his I room talking well, into a hairbrush. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Jonathan Boom Boom the fir- Gannon. The first couple I did pretty straight, but it I, happens all the time. I know because you know, the attention there's span. No, there's yeah, often no new news oh. between you know five and n- n- be you know, a nine professional, a. Jared. Whoa, not gonna do that. <laughs> no, no, don't do that, Ferry. We're all rebooted. Thanks to uh, Jared for the rush hour reboot. Coming up next, we'll get a closer look at Jonathan Gannon as a candidate for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching position. Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, joins us next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals down to two candidates, again, for their head coaching position. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator from the Bengals, and defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon from the Eagles, who just lost the Super Bowl two days ago, here to give us a closer look at Jonathan Gannon from uh, Eagles Insider, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Dave Spadaro joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, thanks for uh, making time for us this morning. We appreciate it. How are you? My pleasure. Good morning. Uh, There seems to be some reaction coming out of Philadelphia from the fan base. Go ahead. Please hire Jonathan Gannon. There seems to be some people surprised that the Cardinals are in on Jonathan Gannon at this point for their head coaching position. What sense do you make of it right now? I don't know. I don't know what the fans are saying. I'm, but we just got back from the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I would hope that they would take the, the season into account where the Eagles led the league in most you know significant categories. Them and the 49ers were at the top. So I think Jonathan's great, and um, he's going to make a great head coach whenever he becomes a head coach. And uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. Being a head coach, obviously, than being a defensive coordinator, he's got all the all the intangibles, great personality, highly intelligent, motivates, very well-liked. Tough when he needs to be tough. Knows how to manage his players. Knows how to adapt. Um, I think the the future is very bright for Jonathan Gannon, who has done an outstanding job with the Philadelphia Eagles defense. What is uh, what, what are you feeling in in the residue of Super Bowl Fifty Seven? A game that felt like it was it, it was at least certainly trending in Philadelphia's direction at halftime with with everything we had seen, coupled with Patrick Mahomes's apparent injury. How did it get away from the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, when you're playing a great quarterback like that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes showed why he is a very special player, best in the league, and a Hall of Famer, and a great offensive performance, great offensive game plan. Patrick gutted it out, got the football out very quickly, negated the Eagles' strength, and that was the pass rush, and I give all the credit in the world. Sometimes the other team earns the victory. Uh, certainly the defense didn't get off the field in the second half. I mean, it's not the first time that's happened when Patrick Mahomes has been on the field so the the profound effect is disappointment and you know um, but overall look I mean uh, an outstanding season for the Eagles they just everybody kind of knew like who was going to have the ball last would really make a big difference and it happened to be Patrick Mahomes and they, they won the game and so congratulations to the Chiefs and to Mahomes and he showed what a truly, truly one-of-a-kind quarterback he is. Yep. Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, joining us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going back to Gannon, uh, obviously you, you said a, thing, a lot of things, uh, glowing things and an endorsement for a head coaching position for Jonathan Gannon. But I think it's interesting, Dave, when you consider his specific plight right now. I mean, he could very well go back to the Philadelphia Eagles as D.C., have another great season, maybe even elevate his stock in what should be a bigger group of head coaching openings. 
And I know there's only 32 of these jobs, and you never know when it's going to come around again. But the uncertainty in Arizona right now, from a roster standpoint, and you know the uncertainty with Kyler Murray's uh, injury rehab, there's a lot of unknowns right now. Do you think it would be wise for Jonathan Gannon maybe to put this uh, pursuit off for a year? I don't know. I think you, you never really anticipate that things are going to go great for you the following year. You're the you're the bright light right now. That that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the case a year from now. So and I also understand that coaches look at every 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 coach I've ever met for the most part. I think has has had that goal in mind to be a head coach, and you know you have time to change things. Uh, there is some very significant talent on the on the Cardinals roster, and I don't know. I, I guess my my point would be. That uh, he's a, a a coach who thinks he can turn it around. He's got supreme confidence. I mean, Jonathan is a very very positive person, um, very driven guy. Understands that any co- any any team that's looking for a head coach has had a down season or a down cycle. So you're not going to walk into a perfect situation with any team. Um, but I mean, every coach again, every coach that I've met thinks they can turn it around and that they'll bring a great staff with them. And I think that's probably where Jonathan's head is. I, I don't know. I can't specifically say whether he's leaning one way or the other. I have not talked to him about it. Um, the focus obviously was 100% on the Super Bowl. Uh, but I do know that Jonathan will be a great head coach wherever he goes. Dave, what's your breakdown on the couple of uh, red, zone, red zone touchdown passes uncorked by the Chiefs where the guys were wide open? I was not aware that that was an issue previously against Jacksonville, uh, something the Chiefs had seen on film. That probably is viewed at as highly unfortunate that that went down. Yeah, I mean, look, the Eagles were great in the red zone all year. Uh, I, to, to point out two plays that they got beat on, I, again, I give credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, two defensive backs mixed up an assignment on motion on the first one. And on the second one, uh, Eagles had a seven-man blitz, and Sky Moore reversed his jet sweep motion and, and popped out and was wide open. Great great play call. Again, sometimes the other team makes a great call, and you must give them credit. The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls in the last four years. They are a great football team. They have a great head coach, a Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid. Andy Reid wins in those two situations against Jonathan Gannon. Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Uh, Shane Steichen uh, hired this morning as the new head coach of, of the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the strides that he was able to make with Jalen Hurts and his growth as now one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, that's a big loss. Where, where do you think uh, do you think the new OOC comes from within, or do you think they look outside the organization, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's always a plan of succession here. I mean, the Eagles certainly have been an organization that's been able to put things back together pretty quickly here. Um, and everybody anticipated that both Jonathan and Shane would be very highly sought-after candidates. And so they could very well come from within. Um, Brian Johnson, an outstanding quarterback's coach, has done a terrific job with, uh, you know, with Jalen and his progression. And um, Shane did an awesome job in two years here to, to build this offense, uh, the great offensive line. There's a lot of pieces here. So, I mean, I, I really think Howie Roseman, Nick, Nick Sirianni will, will have their plan. And it could be – I think they, they've got a list, and I think that's just the way a good organization works. You always have one eye on what's happening right now and one eye on what's about to happen. I can tell you this, it's a really busy offseason for the Eagles. They're going to have, obviously, coaching changes. They've got a lot of decisions to make with the personnel, a lot of free agents coming up. They've got the 10th pick in the draft and the 30th pick in the draft. Um, so – Again, you know, this has been all part of the anticipation. The Eagles expected to be in a great situation this year. They were. 
So I, I, I would not be surprised if it's, if it's a guy like Brian Johnson, um, but I'm sure Howie Roseman has a much more complete list of candidates than I do at this point. Dave, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate the uh, insight. Okay, guys, thank you. Thank you, Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. The 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend until April 3rd. We're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. Just head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. Coming up next, Bix got your blast on this Tuesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.